To Kelly's Green Lounge Radio, we are a cannabis-friendly establishment. Kelly's Green Lounge Radio, podcast number seven. Welcome. Hello. Does that mean seven heaven? I can't think of anything catchy to rhyme with seven. Seven is lucky. Ooh, okay. So this is the lucky podcast. (laughs) Episode number lucky. We'll call it like that. On today's radio program, we have Dion, Farmer Deej, and we have Susan, Susan Stoneman, from igrowpot.ca. Two interviews. One of them is a little bit old. I spoke with Dion, or Deej, as he likes to be called. Uh, I guess it was earlier in July, or even maybe late June. It was a little while ago. Oh, I think it was late June because it was the solstice. And I haven't been able to put a podcast together since then because I've just been so damn busy. Oh my goodness. Um, And then Susan came on because she just did a cannabis cup. She entered her grow into a cannabis cup and she was a judge there. And so I asked her if we could speak about that. So I've been so busy. Like I, I have not I guess it was mid-June, maybe, like, or maybe the end of June since I, the last time I put a podcast out, and I'm sorry for that. I've just been, okay, so I did an infused supper, my very first one, cooked it myself. I had to prepare for that. I just finished a course from McMaster University called The Fundamentals of Cannabis Science or something to that effect. I became the new co-host of a reefer reporter show on Pace Radio, and I'm finalizing my speech for a uh, talk that I'm doing at an upcoming expo at the Cannabis Muskoka Expo on August 3rd. Yes, I'm a little bit busy. Oh, and did I mention that we are actually working on opening up a storefront, a real brick and mortar uh, for September? (laughs) That's a little bit busy of a time for me. So I don't mean to not do podcasts. I just haven't had the time, but I knew that this was so important. Two of my favorite growers on the planet on this podcast together they don't know each other, so they're not really together. But it's side by side in the interviews. I love them. I, I love these people so much. They're so kind to me. They help me. I failed recently when I tried to clone some plants. I put eight down. All of them are dead. <laughs> Everyone. I murdered them all. I'm sorry. I, I, I guess the lighting was too hot or too bright or something. And... Um, I wasn't letting them dry out enough or there's too much humidity. I failed. Not going to do that again. Going to get somebody to show me how to really do it in real life. And that person is Farmer Deej. So let me tell you about him. He is Dion. um, Dionysus Deej. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. He's lovely. He's wonderful. Uh, He has Gaia Farms Cannabis Company. He's got Parkview Contracting Inc. And he also has Sourdough on the Rise Food Company. I met him when I was at a conference in March for Durham College. And he was in the audience. I was in the audience too. 
there's some amazing speakers. And he asked a lot of questions. And then I was eavesdropping. Yeah, I do that. I don't care. I he was I was eavesdropping on his conversation uh, after the conference with that he was talking to some of the people that put it on and he was talking to some of the speakers and he had the best questions and he was so passionate and so engaged and so interested I'm like can I please have your card and stalk you forever well no but he's become my friend and I'm really thankful for him he knows so much about farming. He's so smart. He's one of those guys that you look at him and you're like, think he's so cool. And he's just, and then he's got this giant brain. You don't see that on the outside. That's for sure. Um, and you can pick his brain about lots of things to do with uh, cannabis and growing. And I do <laughs> frequently. So we've got D coming up. And then after that, Susan uh, from igrowpot.ca. You may remember that I had her on a show a few podcasts podcasts ago um, and the entire show is devoted to her because she just I I mean she just talks and talks and talks and every single thing that she says is important and engaging and there's just no room for anybody else I actually had to cut her off here and do like a 20 minute because I seriously could talk to her on recording interviewing her for hours and hours and one of these days I'm going to one of these days my dream is to fly Susan in to Canada from from Uruguay to do an actual workshop or expo here in Canada because she's that good she is amazing wait till you hear what she has to say so she visited uh, a cannabis cup in Uruguay and she's got information about that to share with you but first our beloved Farmer Deej, and this is an interview we did while we went uh, dispensary hopping on the Green Mile back in June. Here's what he has to say. So what made you get into the cannabis industry, Dion? So this is actually a long story. Um, I actually discovered accidentally that cannabis helped with my kyphosis, my scoliosis. I have a series of back problems. And uh, I actually got into consuming it medicinally, totally accidentally, just getting high with my friends after school and whatever. Uh, but what actually got me into the cannabis industry, believe it or not, was a shrooms trip. Um, I had gone to a cottage with my friends a couple years ago. Uh, and at the end of the trip, you know, after, after the storm passed, uh, the proverbial storm, and I just kind of sat and I asked myself, I was not very, I was not happy with where my career was at the time. Uh, and I just asked myself what I could do to make the world a better place. And uh, long story short, this is my venue, right? I want to, of course, cannabis uh, is a great help in the world in general, uh, but the main the main group of people that I want to help would be actually the homeless community ever since I was a child. Um, long story short, I've been very, very sympathetic towards that community. So I want to focus on employing people from there and more importantly, housing them on either my properties or properties of people that partner with me. So what, what's your company called and what did you take in college? So we're the Gaia Farms Cannabis Company. And I personally have graduated from the Horticulture Food and Farming Program at Durham College Whitby Campus. And tell us a little bit about that. Was there cannabis explanations in that? Were you learning how to grow there? So when I was and when I was in the program, I actually just graduated back in April. 
but part of my curriculum unfortunately did not include cannabis but uh, over half my classmates were getting into the industry so my teachers were actually super cool and they included it in the in the in their lectures but this year coming forward they will be including it in the coming curriculum yes so smart so what kind of things did you learn there about cannabis while you're learning to grow so i learned that um they really just gave us typical um growing what's the what's the word methods and at the end of the day it is a plant right you just have to study and get the growing habits for that particular plant down but once you actually once you get into the groove of caring for plants it's really it's really easy and one of the most important details that they gave me was that a cannabis plant behaves almost identical to a tomato plant so although we weren't able to grow cannabis plants in the greenhouse we grew plenty of tomatoes which is where we conducted most of our research so um you have a background in growing fruit specifically peaches no is it peaches Peaches and plums. Peaches and plums. And now... Back you, in the homeland. And back in the homeland, which is Greece. Greece, Greece. Yes. So your background is Greece. Yep. Dionysus, did I say that right? Dionysus. Dionysius. But yeah, Dionysus would be the god that I'm named after. I love that. Uh, so you've gone from a fruit grower to now a cannabis grower. What made you decide to choose to do that? So uh, it would definitely... The defining factor that got me into the industry as a whole would be my personal experience with cannabis. As I mentioned earlier, I found totally accidentally that it helps with my scoliosis and my kyphosis. Uh, but I also learned that it's a much more ecologically responsible choice as far as hemp goes, right? So, uh, of course, cannabis is not the plant that's going to single-handedly save the world, but I do believe that it's going to be part of the team that will, right? If we're talking paper, you can get the same amount of pulp for paper per acre of hemp that you can per acre of trees. And it only takes six months to grow as opposed to 10 years. If we're talking clothing, you need about one and a half times the amount of space and two and a half times the amount of water to get the same amount of pulp, sorry, fiber from cotton that you can from hemp, right? And with recent technology making it a lot easier to refine the hemp into much softer fibers, I think that we're going to be slowly moving towards that market and relying a lot less on plants that require more water and more time and resources in general. So what is your ultimate goal? What is your, you went to school, you finished at Durham College, you've got this horticulture, is that the right word? Yes. Horticulture background and you, now where are you going to go? What is your goal? So my goal is... As I mentioned, I am a grower, but I'm not a producer of sorts. I wanted to do something a little bit less conventional, right? You have everybody getting into the actual growing aspect. Uh, what I grow is I grow your plants, okay? So let's just say you wanted to open up Kelly's Green Cannabis Company. If you don't know anything about plants, but you want to get into the industry, Gaia Farms is the company that you call. So what we do is we would offer a base package of let's just say uh just watering your plants once a week okay that would be a certain price to be negotiated depending on where you live what you want to do etc right how many plants how many plants you have how big your property is how accessible it is where the water you know there's a whole bunch of different factors uh, and it would go from either watering 
to fertilizing to trimming training uh for those that don't know what training is it's basically bending the plant so that it grows along a horizontal so that the flowers have uh more access to sunlight so that they can grow more abundantly and so there's different services that we offer and what we do is for today's wednesday we start off in the morning we go to uh we go to kelly's green cannabis company we go to blaze bliss cannabis company we go we have our list of places that uh, we would go to for the day and we focus on small growers of course so that people that want to get into the industry and are fairly new to it they don't have to focus on hiring an entire staff that's going to be there 24 7 not 24 7 although speaking of 24 7 we do offer 24 7 emergency services such as greenhouse repair uh sorry greenhouse plumbing repair electrical repair i have plenty years of trades history as well so yeah so okay so you're mobile farming essentially yes i'm uh i'm a nanny for plants as um and mobile farming yes i'm mobile farming and so like okay you know that weed man place they're a company they're called the weed man and they go around and they do their fertilize they have all their different properties in one day your plan is to do mobile farming kind of like that essentially yes so, like I said, I'd be coming and taking care of your plants for whatever the fee is. And the unique thing about us is that, as I mentioned earlier, I do want to help with uh, with the homeless community. And most of our employees would be of the homeless community. I would be housing them on my properties, on your property, if you would so accept them, right? Um... And, uh, yeah, that's essentially it. A community where everybody's working together. Exactly. That's exactly. That's a really great idea. Cannabis for the people, by the people. For the people, by the people. Okay, so you have this. So now, would you mind giving us one or two grow tips? It's the, it's this, we're headed from spring to summer. We're, I think it's today, isn't it? Isn't today the solstice? Is that today? I think it's today. Well, I oh think my goodness. it's on the cup. So, so we're headed from spring into summer right now. Is there anything that we should be doing? Should we know about our outdoor grow right now? Um, for outdoor, uh, I would recommend 100%. Do not use pesticides. You do not want to be. Uh, you don't want to be inhaling that uh, in when you do harvest your plant. I would focus on beneficial uh, bugs, such as ladybugs and parasitic wasps. Etc. There's a whole list of different um, beneficial bugs that you could use for your garden. And what they do is they literally, they go and they seek out their target pests, such as thrips, aphids, spider mites, etc. And they help control the population quite, uh, quite well. I have a lot of experience with beneficials inside greenhouses. As far as indoor grows, uh, realistically, you just want to keep the humidity down right uh humidity is a very big um factor in mold growth and how you would do that is you want to increase the ventilation as much as you can all right so those are two tips that i can think of right off the top of my head unless you want me to get into anything more specific well we'll do a grow workshop where you can actually teach people in real life about that and that's something that we're going to be putting together if you'd be willing maybe we'll do some cloning we'll do a workshop and teach people and they can come to visit us at Kelly's Green Lunch for you to do that. Yes, absolutely. Looking forward to it. 
Um, your favorite strain to smoke? My favorite vape, strain or, to smoke. Or maybe we should ask, how is your? What is your favorite way to consume? And your favorite strain to consume? So my favorite way to to consume would be smoking. I've always been a flower guy. However, that is uh, the most archaic way of consuming it. It is 2019. Uh, just recently, I started getting into um, into rosin, shatter, and uh, specifically, I have some uh, distillate cartridges that I've been into uh, as well. So where can we find you? How can we find you? Give us all your plug right now. So on Instagram, Instagram would be the best way to contact me. It would be either Gaia, G-A-I-A dot farms or farmer dot Dij. That's D-W-E-J. On Facebook, it's uh, Gaia Farms C-A for Canada. And uh, that's that's about it. And they can reach out to you any way you are taking on new clients at this time. Absolutely, absolutely. Wonderful. It's been great chatting with you today. Likewise, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. A year ago, I would not have known what a cannabis cup was. I probably would have thought it was a cup that you kept pot in. There probably is such a thing. But it's almost like a grower's Olympics, I guess. Uh, A place where, a contest, let's say it like that, a contest, where growers come and they bring their grow, the buds that their cannabis grow, and it is judged by their peers uh, to see, I guess, who has the best one. Some are different. But the one that we were just about to talk about or that the interview was recorded about uh, happened in Uruguay uh, with Susan Stoneman from igrowpot.ca and she was a judge and this was the first time she actually entered her buds in to participate. She didn't win, but she was really, she documents her experience in a way that I feel like, oh, well, I could do something like that, maybe at home. She's come up with this fantastic idea about how we, different little pockets of the community, can do their own little cannabis cup, something like we would have like a Tupperware party, but it would be a cannabis cup at different locations, which I love and I'm going to do as soon as that we've working on that and talking about working on that. Uh, In the meantime, I thought it was so important and so fantastic that we could reach out to somebody that actually has this experience and also is Susan, who I just love listening to speak. Um, So she agreed to come on another one of my podcasts here for Kelly's Green Lounge Radio and her wonderful husband, the stone man, uh, offers me help sometimes when I need to edit through Audacity and he did this podcast too. So thank you to him and thank you to Susan. And this is our interview. Thanks again for having me back. Love talking to this group of growers and people that are enthusiastic about cannabis. So last Sunday, I participated in the fourth annual Kangaroo Cup here in Uruguay. It is a cannabis cup, and it is essentially broken down into several categories. We had outdoor flower uh, homegrown. We had indoor flower homegrown. 
then the clubs that we talked about last time were allowed to enter as well. So there was outdoor club entry in flower and there was indoor club entry in flower. And then there were a variety of extraction categories, both with and without solvent. And so that is the RSO and the BHO. And then there were non-solvent entries as well, uh, dry sift, isolator, etc. So it was quite the experience. It was only because of social media that I even discovered this cup was going on. And I decided, well, why not enter? I've never had that opportunity before. Uh, I've been to Amsterdam and judged the official High Times Cannabis Cup twice. And it was just a fascinating experience. So I decided to jump in with both feet. Wow. That would be so exciting. So is um, was the one in... Uh, Amsterdam different than the one in Uruguay? Yes. Uh, so Amsterdam at the time, uh, and still is, it's only coffee shops that are able to have it. So you get a big map of the city and the coffee shops that are participating. So each coffee shop will put up uh, usually a strain of flour and a strain of hash. It's usually both being judged. And then there's a big event hall with lots of music and vendors, as you might see as a typical expo. And people are often, uh, might have a volcano or something else so you can sample as you walk around the area. So anyone that has paid for a judge's entry is allowed to uh, get the samples and to do the judging. And it's hard work. It takes like all week <laughs> to wow. do it. Because, well, two things, as you know, if you, let's say, smoke a sativa and then five minutes later smoke an indica and then go back and smoke another sativa, you're not really going to be able to evaluate the effect, the, the longevity, the potency. It's like tasting wine, I would guess. You know how they spit and they do coffee and all that? Yeah. There's an there's an art to tasting cannabis as well. I guess you'd have, there would have to be, there would absolutely have to be. And so for that reason, um, prior, uh, th that whole morning I abstained from enjoying my own cannabis because I wanted to have a very clear palate and a very clear head when I started my judging. Yeah. So the way that this particular cup uh, here in Uruguay was working is this, it was open to all competitors. It cost mm, $30 uh, to participate. So pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, for anyone to join in and each competitor was allowed to submit up to three entries and so you have to pick which three and for those of you that were following on Instagram I got a lot of help from the social media crowd around the world and though you guys couldn't taste you were able to observe and that was very helpful so thanks everyone yeah. because I love all my girls that's really hard for me to decide yeah. <laughs> And so it was pretty, for me, it was a real strategic thinking of what do I want to enter? Um, I have noticed from all my friends that grow here that uh, Uruguay tends to lean towards more sativa strains. Okay. And I'm not sure if that's just uh, like anything else. It's what you're exposed to. If that's all you've ever had or the majority of what you've had and you've never had a nice juicy indica that like just locks you on the couch, maybe you would like it. Sure. So um, I've noticed that. And I've also noticed that it's, there's a certain challenge to growing outdoor that you don't have indoor. For anyone that grows in both locations, I noticed my outdoor bud just does not get as stinky uh, because it's exposed to more elements. I'm in a very windy location and I noticed that 
it just doesn't smell like it used to, in <laughs> spite of it being really, really good sure. bud. So um, there's that. Also, I thought, um, so it was, for me, the first big decision was, what three strains do I enter? And my love, as you can probably guess from this conversation, leans more towards the indica strains. And yeah. I actually had obtained uh, a very, uh, what I consider a fairly rare strain here. Um, it's called Ayahuasca Purple from Barney's Farm, which is a Netherlands seed bank, one of the really old established, and I kind of wanted to honor them because they were a winner at the first cup I went to in Amsterdam. And so I thought this would be a chance for some people to test and try something they've probably never tasted, and that Ayahuasca Purple is 100% indica. Yeah, that's a cool connection that you were able to bring the two cups together that way. Right. And so I was like, okay, that's the first one. And then I had to decide among my other two seed banks, um, which, uh, which way I wanted to go. I took a deep breath and I thought about it and I said, I have to be true to myself. I love Indicas. I'm not, I'm doing this to share what I love, not only to win. And so I'm going to share my Indicas. So I ended up going with two pure 100% indica strains. The second was a strain called 11 Roses. It's from Delicious Seeds, and it is outstanding. Nice. They took their uh, biggest cup winner, which is a strain called Sugar Black Rose, which I have also grown. They're glorious. And they crossed the Sugar Black Rose. So they took their biggest cup winner, and their goal over the last three years was to create a strain even better. And the 11 Roses is the child of that that cross. So she went in and the last one was from uh, the Kush Brothers Seeds in Chile. I've always been a huge Kush fan. So this was a mix and it's called Cheesecake Cookies and it it just is a glorious little girl. It looks so good. those were those were my three entries. And so then we had to uh, each competitor you have you give 10 a minimum of 10 grams of well-trimmed, dried, non-moldy bud to them, which is then divided up amongst the judges and the other competitors. So each section had two judges. Our area for outdoor, homegrown, was a judge that was uh, Uruguayan and Brazilian, and our other judge was Uruguayan and Argentinian, which was a nice mix of the area. Yeah. Um, and... So they had a lot of work to do. They actually started, I found out, a whole week in advance because it turns out there were 52 different strains to judge. Oh, wow. Total did you have to, did in you my have, category. Wait, did you have to, when you're judging, did you have to judge all 52? No. How they work it out is each competitor is given a random five strains to judge. Okay. <laughs> so the idea is that out of the 10 grams that I donated it, uh, or don't gave, entered, whatever you want to call it, out of the five strains that, uh, or out of the 10 grams that you give them, five are designated into one gram packages for the other competitors to try. So the idea is you're being judged by the other growers. Um, the wow. public um, can come and visit, and if anybody shares, they can try, but they're not voting. They're not actually participating. They are just observing. And so you're being judged by your peers, which I thought this is great. I really like yeah. that idea. Yeah. Um, it brings an interesting twist to it, but it also brings the twist of, it's like in any competition, if you're voting for your competition, do you give them high scores or low scores? Nice. <laughs> because there were some, so it's, it's very interesting yeah. uh, how that plays out. 
So, yeah, and it turns out because they had so many entries this year. Last year, I think they had 33. This year, they had 52, so big increase. We all ended up actually with 10 samples to judge instead of the five that we signed up for. So, nice surprise to get double what you were planning. Um, I will say my 10 strains, eight of them could have been the exact same thing. And so for me, that was a little bit of, and they were all heavily sativa. So um, I was thinking as I was working my way through our, our packages, hmm, I'm not sure that going with a heavy indica might have been <laughs> a great choice. But I did also bring some and shared with other people that were just visiting. I met some lovely people that are doing education on cannabis in Brazil and shared with them. They loved the Indicas. So I know that they were lovely. Um, just not very popular, I guess. That's okay, though. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. I Look, it was... It, it's a rare experience and I'm really glad I had it and I've discovered that there are four or five other similar sorts of events that take place across the year and I think for anyone that does have an opportunity to enter I mean it's just go for it it was fun Um, what I learned in the judging is uh, it's really important to give the people judging clear criteria one word for example flavor Rated 0 to 10 is pretty vague. Uh, Ash, was it heavy, uh, dark, or clear? Uh, So I think anyone running a cup as they're giving out the criteria should give some examples, should give a better, you know, here's an example of what a 1 would look like, here's an example of what a 5 would look like, and here's an example of what a 10 would look like, for example, just to help people. And so uh, the... That was, I think, a little bit lacking. So I think some people, especially later, as they got on to more strains, were just kind of picking numbers. It gets a little hard uh, without a clear criteria to look at. So we all gave our samples. And I must say, watching the uh, extraction people was fascinating to me because that's not my area of expertise. I'm, you know, as we know, a long-time old school stoner, and uh, I'm fascinated by some of this new stuff. And so watching, those were all prepared live on site, and there was a little bit of a workshop going on, and watching all the, goes into the preparation, and then watching the judging. Those people were intensely judging. So they did their judging a little different. They all sat around one table, as opposed to everybody getting jars and going off on their own with their flower samples. So it was a very different style. And there was also some excellent uh, professional photography going on. Uh, The Rabbit Studios did the official pictures of all the buds submitted for the cup. And I just, they were all running on a slideshow up on the screen and they were just outstanding. So that was really fun too. And I'm hoping to get copies of my three. Yeah. Um, that I entered. So I'm in contact with the photographer at this moment, and it looks like that will be happening shortly. So oh, I can't wait to see about their that. pictures. Yeah. So, yeah, I met some great people, had a nice day. It was very chill and just really wanted to win, of course. I'm a very competitive person. <laughs> and I believe I did have uh, one of the winners in my pack. Uh, the announcements for the winnings were very rapid and very much in Spanish. And I need to go back and watch my video and make sure. And I have to tell you, uh, the three of us, so I had a little team judging. It wasn't just me. I wanted to make sure I was staying objective. Um, 
right? So there were three of us uh, that were kind of uh, sharing a scorecard. And we did not give high marks to the winner. Let's just leave it at that. Interesting. <laughs> oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. So I want to confirm that before I talk a little more about that. Sure. But again, um, what we noticed was uh, there was a lot of very good looking. I mean, some of the shots, you know, the, the bud was good looking, but it, it we've noticed in Uruguay, there's a very common color kind of way that our outdoor bud comes out. And it's probably just due to the climate. And so it's very recognizable. It was very interesting across very different strains. So that was a learning experience. Okay. So I have a question for you. Sure. When you're talking about these strains that you're growing, and from what I know, um, when you're when you're buying your legal cannabis in Uruguay, I know I say that wrong every time. Uh, when no, they're buying it there from their from the pharmacy or from the, the clubs, they're ranging at about the three to five percent THC. Is that correct? That is correct. It's actually three percent THC in the pharmacies, and clubs are allowed to grow whatever they want. They are not limited. Okay. So it depends on your it depends on your particular club and your cultivator for your club as far as what might be available to you via that method. Okay. Now I'm guessing that you, Susan, iGrowPot.ca, grows THC heavy strains. 20. 24 to 27% right. on the indicas, yes. So that is that a factor in the kangaroo cup? Do they test for THC? Do they test for CBD? Or do they not because they are the ones, well, the government, I'm guessing, are the ones that say it has to be 3% in the pharmacy? I'm not understanding those. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I, I do think that they sent some of it out as, for testing, but again... This was my first time and trying to get details about what was actually going on can be a little challenging. So sometimes when you're in a foreign country, you just kind of have to observe and make your best guess. So here's what I think I know. Um, the government pot continues to be low grade in spite of, and the, all the new licenses that have been issued this year have all been issued for higher grade marijuana and it is all being exported for medicinal use overseas. So we continue to suffer from low quality, uh, legally available marijuana. The What is entered in the cup, I think one of their sponsors is a testing lab and because they on their site had uh, highest THC flower from last year and highest THC CBD flower from last year, I think they might test and then announce that result later. Okay. Uh, not really sure. It was not one of the criteria. I think one of the things I would definitely do differently in anything related to a cup is to be a little clearer in your categories. I think indoor, outdoor, is not enough of a distinction between strains, plants, and results. Sure. For example, an automatic is going to produce different results than a feminized seed and different results than a regular seed that happens to be a female seed. You'll just find a very wide variety among those ranges. And also then, of course, there's the big difference that we already discussed between are you a predominantly indica strain or sativa strain? And I think I was tasting in several of my samples that underlying hint of ruderalis and a tinge of the automatic. And automatics are very popular. And I will laugh because with every seed bank I spoke to at this event, I said, you know, my favorite 
myth of new cannabis growers is, oh, I'm going to grow automatically because it's easier. And they all laughed and agreed because we all run into this. And that's one of the reasons that I think education around your growing is so important. So if I was to enter again in a cup or run my own or have a home event where I was, uh, you know, doing my own private cannabis cup with some friends, I would want to divvy up the categories a little bit more. I don't think comparing an automatic to a full plant is really fair. Those, those genes just end up with like a slightly different feel I've noticed in my plants. And it's not to say you can't grow monster automatics. There are plenty of people that do. Uh, I just think they, they should be in their own category because they have to be crossed with that in that strain, the ruderalis, in order to qualify or to function as an automatic. And that does lend a very distinctive quality to the plant, in my opinion. Yep. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So now, um, before we wrap up, you're thinking about putting together sort of a do-it-yourself cup at home. How would something like that work? Well, um, I was very inspired after what I saw, and I thought, well, gee, this is a really fun experience. A lot of people are interested, but not a lot of people have the chance. So I will be putting together a guide with maybe your assistance, hopefully, Kelly, and we will put out a guide, a little PDF that people will be able to download to tell you how to host your own cannabis cup. And I don't mean a big one with a lot of entries. I meant get together four or five friends. And uh, you could have homegrown, you could have dispensary because everyone has their own strains. It's a good way to experience different buds and then to hone your skills about what you really like. Because what I have noticed is the proliferation of strains continues, like it's got to be exponential. The amount of people breeding, crossbreeding, creating new strains is overwhelming like you could never grow them all you could never smoke them all so when you go to a dispensary or you're deciding which seeds you want to purchase how do you know out of all those yummy catalog choices which is the one that's going to grow a plant that's going to make you happiest cannabis is all about the personalization to me i think that's one of the things i love the most about it it is not a one-size-fits-all solution And so learning for yourself by practicing your own cannabis cup or having a tasting at your house with a bunch of friends um, and all the details about how to go about this will be in our upcoming download. That's great. And how can we find you, Susan? Uh, For now, still, the best place to locate me would be at igrowpot.ca on Instagram or igrowpot.ca on Facebook. And on both places, you're able to sign up for our private mailing list. As most of you know, social media is not controlled by the users. It is controlled by the companies. And because cannabis continues to be illegal in the United States, all of us are at risk of losing our accounts at any moment in time. So it's really important if you love the people you follow on social media, go to their websites, sign up for their email list. So in case Instagram knocks them off, they can still reach you. Most people respect the, you know, when you give someone your email address nowadays, no one's out there to spam the pants off of you. It's just, it's not what, you know, we're we're all past that now. And so I really encourage people, support the people that are, are helping you to grow better, support the people out there that you love. If you love a seed bank or you love someone that's doing something good, go support them by going to their own site as well as following them on social media. And that's my 
plea of the day. Oh, that's an that's an excellent reminder. And how many times do we see people on Instagram that say I've been shadow banned or I've been blocked from this? And, and you know, there are regulations that they put forth that maybe some people aren't following because we don't necessarily agree with them. But there is always a chance that they'll shut us down. So that's a really great reminder. Thank you so much, Susan. And thanks for coming on Kelly's Greenland Radio. Always a pleasure, Kelly. The only purpose of this podcast is to entertain, educate, and to inform. It is no substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Instead, we encourage you to discuss your options with a healthcare provider who specializes in medical cannabis or with a cannabis lawyer. Guests who speak in this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, and Kelly's Green Lounge has not and cannot be held responsible for guests' views. This podcast is available for private, non-commercial use only, advertising which is incorporated into, placed in association with, or targeted towards the content of this podcast is forbidden. You may not edit, modify, or redistribute this podcast in any way. A year ago, I would not have known what a cannabis cup was. I probably would have thought it was a cup that you kept pot in. (laughs) There probably is such a thing. But it's almost like a grower's Olympics, I guess, Uh, a place where a contest, let's say it like that, a contest where growers come and they bring their grow, the buds that their cannabis grow, and it is judged by their peers uh, to see, I guess, who has the best one. Some are different, um, but the one that we are just about to talk about or that the interview was recorded about uh, happened in Uruguay uh, with Susan Stoneman from igrowpot.ca and she was a judge and this was the first time she actually entered her buds in to participate. She didn't win, but she was really, she documents her experience in a way that I feel like, oh, well, I could do something like that maybe at home. She's come up with this fantastic idea about how we different little pockets of the community can do their own little cannabis cup, something like we would have like a Tupperware party, but it would be a cannabis cup at different locations, which I love. And I'm going to do as soon as that we've working on that and talking about working on that. Uh, In the meantime, I thought it was so important and so fantastic that we could reach out to somebody that actually has this experience and also is Susan, who I just love listening to speak. Um, So she agreed to come on another one of my podcasts here for Kelly's Green Lounge Radio and her wonderful husband, the stone man, uh, offers me help sometimes when I need to edit through Audacity and he did this podcast too. So thank you to him and thank you to Susan. And this is our interview. 